Hey, welcome to James Crowley's Infinite Playlist, the podcast where I try to hear every song that has ever existed, a podcast on the Lughole Network. Uh, if you are listening to this on release day, it is the day after my birthday. Uh, I am 27 years old now, uh, which is insane. I am not famous yet, so I cannot die tragically young and that is very upsetting for me um but it is very fitting that uh the episode that I have coming at you today is coming out the day after my birthday. This week, I have Mike Albatton uh, from Hypothetical, a what-if podcast, to talk about songs of growth and change. Um, we had some trouble coming to what the title of this playlist was, but it's very personal, um, you know, and I think that there's a lot of... Uh, it's a very good conversation, and I think that there's a lot of really emotional things in this uh, that will really resonate with people, you know, and it ta- we talk kind of about the healing power of music and how music can really help define different moods and eras of your life. Um, So this is a very good, in-depth, intense conversation. I do want to give a little bit of a warning beforehand just because it does get incredibly personal. It does get uh, very hands-on. Uh, so, uh, you know, there is some stuff in here that can be upsetting to some listeners, uh, you know, depending on what you've been through. I also want to give a heads up, uh, just because there's been so much news surrounding him. Uh, you know, a couple of my calls picks, uh, were Marilyn Manson songs, so, uh, there will be discussion about him throughout the podcast. Um, so yeah, I just kind of want to give a heads up on that. Before I play you our conversation, this will uh, definitely be a two-parter, might be a three-parter, depending on how I cut it up. But before I play you our conversation, um, you can find my call on Hypothetical, a what-if podcast available wherever you get podcasts. You can also find him on Twitter. He's my call bat, uh, M-Y-K-A-H-L, bat, uh, or you can find him on uh, Instagram at Obsidian Smile, and you can find the podcast. Uh, you can find the What If podcast on Twitter at podcast underscore What If, and all of those are down in the show notes. You can also follow me on all my socials. I'm James P Crowley on Instagram, uh, TikTok, James P Crowley sixty eight on Twitter, uh, James Crowley dot Substack dot com. Uh, <laughs> James P Crowley is my official website. Uh, I also just revert revived my revised revived revived i don't know i did something with it i brought it back my old blog burgeraday.com uh i wrote a piece about bo burnham i wrote a piece about bruce springsteen i don't know what if anything i'm gonna keep posting on there but uh you can read it there um yeah so let's get right into it Before we get started talking about music, tell me, can you tell me a little bit about Hypothetical, a what if podcast, a what if podcast? Yeah, no, not a problem, man. Um, Hypothetical, a what if podcast uh, was originally um, a what if podcast. That's what we started out as. Uh, We started out about four years ago and um, it was just me and my brother wanting to um, basically start a podcast together. Um, We wanted to go ahead and uh, discuss hypotheticals and when it first started out it started out being us wanting, wanting to uh, just sort of you know answer the curious questions that we had 
um like the first one of them would have been uh what if michael jordan never retired uh things like that just things that were off the top of our head and um we did that for a while it's we've been doing it for the past four years um we did that for a while by just me and josh uh picking questions and approaching it every few weeks and then after a while um we started reaching out to people and one of the first people that we reached out to was uh john grise john grise i think is how you pronounce his name um essentially uh um, Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite. He was also Laszlo in um, Real Genius. Okay. Um, yeah, and so we we were lucky enough to get a hold of him, and that started us out to switching our format to having guests on. So now we have notable notable guests, uh, like famous or notice, notable guests um, or interesting guests um, on our show. And what we switched up was um, essentially they choose the hypothetical and then we interview them and discuss the hypothetical that's and cool. yeah that's kind of where we're at we've we've uh we've ran the whole in the four years that we've had the podcast um we've been lucky enough to have a lot of interesting guests everyone from uh from like what we said before uh, uh, uh john grease to um uh stanton levey the grandson of of uh, uh xander levey um, we've had D'Lo Brown, uh, we've had, we've had everything from heavy, heavy metal artists to comedians to, uh, porn stars. And, um, yeah, it's, it's been an interesting ride. <laughs> that's, uh, that's super cool. Yeah. And I'm just kind of scrolling through a lot, you know, uh, just the really interesting concepts, just the one that, um, I have right in front of me. What if you couldn't forget anything? That would give me a panic attack just thinking about it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, so before we get into the podcast proper, okay. um, what kind of like, or the playlist, I should say, um, you know, what kind of music do you generally listen to? Just to give people a bit of an idea. Okay. Um, the kind of music that I, okay, well, I'm a little bit of a, I mean, I know this is going to sound cliche, but I'm a little bit of a mutt when it comes to that. Right. Um, like if it's for myself personally, um, I guess I'll just break it down into kind of a few separate areas if you don't mind me doing that. Um, like if it's just relaxing, then I tend to listen to like a lot of like sort of new age piano, um, Indian um, and uh, sort of like, uh, oh my God, what was the word? Oh, Celtic and stuff like that. I tend to listen to that. But if it's just stuff that I really want to groove out to, then I'll end up listening to, I listen to a lot of Sirius XM because I listen to it on the way into work. Um, I, I listen to a lot of, a lot of heavy metal, a, a lot of 90s music, a lot of um, alternative. Um, uh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not against like what would be considered for my age, classical music you know a lot right. of like 80s 70s 60s music I, I I don't mind that um I'm a little more choosy even though I grew up in that era and there's a lot of music I like I'm a little more choosy when it comes to you know picking music from those eras but uh, my sort of main pocket it, it tends to be sort of you know the hard rock alternative heavy metal I I totally get that yeah, and I, I got I definitely got a little bit of a feel for that from listening to your playlist. Um, I'm kind of I kind of went into it with the idea of like songs of growth and change, which sounds like a U2 album. Um, yeah, 
<laughs> but like so like that was kind of like what I tried to do with it and uh, you know I don't know if that was necessarily I guess we'll kind of figure it out as we kind of go along with uh the playlist um, no, I, I I agree with you I think that's fitting like 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 because growth and change can also just be moments that you've had in your life that are significant yeah I mean you grow and change from those so yeah I think that's that's kind of a perfect way to describe it Absolutely. Um, yeah. So what was kind of your approach when putting together the playlist? Okay. Um, I kind of, like you had said, I kind of thought about chapters of my life. Um, I literally thought, sat, James, I literally sat down and thought of it whenever you and I had dis, were discussing it, um, you know, pre-planning the episode. I, I sat down and thought, I'm like, for example, I'm 40. I'm going to be on the 22nd of April. I'm going to be 42. I'm going to turn 42. So I thought, what the hell was I doing when I was 22? Whenever I was first out and living with my uh, then fiance and my now wife. So I thought about some of the moments that her and I went through music that meant a lot to me then. And then over the years, as I experienced different things and changed and grew like I went from being a very sort of when I was very, very first with my wife, I came from a very sort of um, uh, dysfunctional neurotic background. And so when I was first with her, I was adult because I had to be in my situation, but, but not always emotionally adult all the way to where I am now to where I'm more or less like, still never really wanting to grow up, but I'm, I'm adult, you know, I handle my business. I make sure everything gets done. Um, j- just sort of m- music that, uh, that, that informed some of the things that I went through, but also informed some of the changes of attitude that I had. Does, does that kind of make sense? No, totally. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like a timeline. It will be kind of interesting is, so you said that you're turning 42. I'm, in June, I'll be 27. So oh, wow. that age gap. So I, I think it'll kind of be funny to, you know, kind of me being talking about some, uh, you know, I have a much more limited scope of experience than you do. So you might end up being like, oh, you have no idea what's going to come down the road. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and, and vice versa, though, like, I, but no, I'm, I'm sure that like, um a a lot of the music that you enjoy i'm gonna probably learn some things from too because um that's one thing as i'm getting older that i'm trying to do is i'm trying to branch out and you know listen to more things so that i don't become that old guy that goes like ah ozzy (laughs) that's the only music there is you know it's like i you know i i I, the way you keep young is, is is by working at being young you, 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 i mean not not forcing yourself to but but you know exploring different things absolutely yeah, yeah exactly um, and i i have that so i'm like starting to get that a little bit now with like some newer newer artists i'm like ooh, what is this and then i i'm like oh i'm hitting that age where <laughs> i'm starting to lose touch with popular music <laughs> get into your first pick, uh which is ocean avenue by yellow card
So Ocean Avenue, uh, the, the reason why I picked that, it, the reason why it stands out for me is um, there's a line in the song uh, that goes, uh, I remember the look in your eyes when I told you that this was goodbye. You were begging me not tonight, not here, not now. We're looking up at the same night sky, pretending the sun will not rise. We'll be together for one more night some way, somehow. That reminded me of whenever me and my now wife um, had broken up. Ah. I was I was the one that broke up with her. And um, I something I thought that I would never do in a relationship. I mean, I knew that at some point in my life I would. But you know what I'm saying? I never thought I would be the one right to um and the thing was was neither of us had cheated on each other neither of us were doing anything wrong in the relationship we just both weren't grown up and instead of the feelings staying in the love area the healthy area in terms of love things were starting to turn more towards like resentment just because we weren't mature enough and the look of bewilderment and sort of like betrayal and and hurt in my voice and hurt in her voice um that song sort of really pins that feeling down if you've ever seen like the 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 music video for it or if you remember how yellow card um how like really popular where they were at one point in time that, that was one song that just really sort of encapsulated that sort of necessary but regretful moment yeah. Um, how uh, how old were you when you and your now wife had broken up? Um, well, okay. We moved in with each other when I was 19. She was 18. And by the time that we broke up, I believe. Oh, my God. Now you're making me do math. <laughs> I, 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 I think we'd been together for about six years. So I think I would have been maybe somewhere around 24 when that happened um so yeah we were we were together for a while and everything um but we both just had to grow up a lot of people were doing the whole bullshitting us you know giving ribbing us and being like well yeah i'm sure when you guys stepped out it's like no it was honestly one of those moments where both people just realized they had to have time apart or they would never grow up and they'd resent each other and so that's just kind of it was really painful for both of us to go yeah. through but uh, I'll say music helped me through that moment. And, and that song in particular was kind of one of the... Especially with a band like Yellow Card and a song like this, which now this song is so massive. It's like, you know, it's basically like almost like classic rock at this point where, yeah. you know, you go to like emo night and there are like 22 year olds that like, you know, are just partying to it. Um, yeah. But I think that, you know, even though this song's about kind of being young and finding yourself, um, you know, and it is uplifting at the end of the day, you know, and I could definitely see how something like that could help you through, you know, yeah. after being with someone for a very long time, you know, for most of your adult life at that point. Yeah. 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 She, 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 she helped me uh, essentially kind of escape from my very crazy upbringing and um she was she was my friend she is well she is so i don't <laughs> want to speak in past tense she's my best friend she's my lover and she's also been my you know she's 
some people that you love or care for become your family and she's she's just my family i mean she's my everything so so that song yeah that song kind of informed to that moment go into my first pick which okay, was sure. uh, behind blue eyes by the who to be the bad man to be the sad man behind blue eyes no one knows what it's like to be hated to be faded to telling only lies but my dream um, oh it's a classic it, it is and i kind of chose that one because there were a handful of songs i could have chosen but that's really one of my earliest memories of a song just resonating with me mm. and I don't really know why, you know, because I was in like third grade listening to Roger Daltrey sing, no one knows what it's like to be the bad man. And, yeah. uh, you know, I'm nine years old thinking, I know what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I've got blue eyes, you know, at the time that I was hearing it, Yu-Gi-Oh was really popular and the blue eyes white dragon was there. So that kind of clicked in my head too at the time. But nice. it was my first time, you know, really kind of thinking like, oh, wow, this is a really thoughtful song and it like means something to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. That makes sense. Like uh, it, with the Moody Blues, um, a lot of, I'm sorry, you said The Who, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> there I go showing my age again. <laughs> okay. Well, then ignore what I was going to say. No, but, but, the, but, but, the, but The Who, though, that, that is, Behind Blue Eyes is like a very sort of iconic song. So, I mean... It's. I, I remember my brother being a fan of my younger brother Josh being a fan of Batman, and he used to always get that the Batman part. He used to always get that wrong. <laughs> that it, that, well, yeah, I definitely at one point heard that song, and I thought, "Oh, it's Batman." <laughs> it's like no one knows what it's like to be the Batman, and I'm like, "Yeah, no one no does." One. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, it, it's very kind of in retrospect, it's very funny. As I'm older, it resonates with me a lot more because I've felt a lot of the things that Roger Daltrey feels in that song. Um, but at the same time. I could, I don't listen to it like sad and solemn like I did when I was in fourth grade. Yeah, it, isn't isn't it kind of strange how um, like the 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 message or the timbre of some sort of music that you listen to sometimes changes that way? Yeah, I well, I think it's also just kind of getting older and having that sort of awareness of you know looking back on myself and thinking, oh, I thought I was so deep when I was nine yeah. listening to this song. And it was the way when I was nine in like 2004, thinking I was better than everyone because I listened to like Led Zeppelin and ACDC, um, which, you know, the older I get, I keep thinking, oh, I would hate if I was that person now. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's, that's understandable. I mean, like, I don't know. It, it, th there's a lot of... Um, I think people tend to forget like how good don't get me wrong. There's some trash that was at, back in the past too. Like back when the who were around and stuff too. But, yeah. I mean, because a lot of people only get the mainstream side of things, right. but um, people tend to forget like how much actual, how different and how good a lot of the songwriting was back in those eras. 
Yeah. Um, you know, how, how it wasn't so damn formulaic like it can tend to be now. There's still groups that, that put out good music, but there's also groups that put out like dit, dit, dot, okay, this percussion comes in, dit, dit, dot. It's like, don't get me wrong, some of that can be enjoyable, but it, it also, sometimes you can also see through it. Um, your next pick was The Reflecting God by Marilyn Manson. Who I right, assume so, was who you were referencing when you said didn't age well. Well, okay. Like, first I want to ask you, like, I've noticed that, that you've posted on, on, like, some of your other past episodes, like, podcast episodes, playlists and stuff. I've noticed that, that I, I, I would assume that you're a fan of, like, at least his music, right? Yeah, I, I was a huge Manson fan when I was a teenager. Same here. Same here. I, I, I was... I was like, um, oh my God, Marilyn Manson and the Spooky Kids, like that far back, 1989, yeah. if, like like Florida, you know? Yeah. When, I, back before the makeup, back before, like, well, back before the heavy makeup, back when it was just uh, the different contact lenses, uh, a lip ring, uh, very sort of Willy Wonka-esque music. Right. And by the time that I was listening to him, you know, he was already kind of like washed up at that point. Um, yeah. But, like, you know, I think there's something about Manson as a 13 year old, you know, that, you know, if you're the right type of per- if you're the type of person that it's going <laughs> to hit you, it's going to hit you. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. And, you know, and uh, to be honest, if if the allegations hadn't come out against him, he would 100 percent be on my playlist somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, like, OK, so, so I'm trying to think about how to approach this. Um. Okay, first I'll tell you how it applies to the moment and then I'll yeah. sort of add my opinion about that stuff. So uh, the reason why I chose this song in particular um, and some of the timeline that I'm, I'm giving you is kind of kind of hop back and forth. Hopefully that's okay. Yeah, no worries. Okay, okay. So back whenever I was, oh my God, uh, I would have been 16 or so. Um, I was living with my mom and my brothers and my mom's boyfriend uh my mom and my mom and dad had uh split up uh we went from being lower middle class living in a duplex to my mom moving us to a meth trailer a legit meth trailer um that we had to fix up and didn't hardly have any um like uh, amenities essentially you know but plus the fact it was a, a meth trailer um <laughs> see if i say that enough times right um but it was so it was a very very low point in my life um you know i had an older handicapped brother that i was trying to help take care of along with my younger brother um i was working all the time and going to school um i ended up having a nervous breakdown in that trailer because things got incredibly dark between me and my mom and during that point in time before i had had my nervous breakdown um i had essentially and i'm I'm warning you it's a very dark period in my life um 
my brother had also my brother Dan my older brother the disabled uh brother uh, had gotten sick and needed a stomach tube things weren't looking good there either uh the house was a mess because my mom wouldn't take care of it she was strung out on drugs um so it was just like a very 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 nihilistic shitty yeah. situation to be in and on top of that on top of all this stuff that's going on all this pressure and all this craziness i got going on at home um i'm actively trying to kill my innocence like i'm going to gore websites and um i'm like literally trying to trying to kill away any feeling that i have whatsoever which has had its lasting effects to me to this day yeah. um but but we when you're younger you don't realize how much that you you damage yourself whenever you do things to yourself right uh, i was cutting myself um this song was just at the peak i guess i would say it was at the peak of my nihilism and for anybody that's ever heard the lyrics that's ever heard honestly how kind of i'm not going to use the word nihilistic again but how sort of like apocalyptic this yeah. song sounds um and how much at one point in time he really was the epitome of what people would consider the antichrist in America or even really worldwide. At yeah. one point in time, he fully played to, he fully played to that crowd. And yeah. I, I also yeah. think, uh, you know, especially it, with this song, you know, you have that line, you know, one shot here and the world gets smaller. It's very self-reflective. And when you're kind of, yeah, lost and don't know what you're doing you know in a situation like that you're kind of like oh yeah this really does speak to me and did you ever read the long hard road out of hell yes i did actually that's what i was going to tell you is yeah. that um I, I don't know if you follow the same road that i went down um you know even though we're both separate people and we've been through separate paths i think it's awesome that that sometimes uh human beings have commonalities and experience you know right yeah. um uh, I have a story about the song too, and I'm gonna sound like uh, you know a, a little bitch when <laughs> I tell it right after this. So go ahead. Oh no, 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 no! It's fine, dude. Everybody has has an experience, and there's no problem with that. I know what you're saying, though. I know yeah, what yeah. you're saying. Um, like, oh yeah, yeah. No, so so no. I used to be okay. I used to be fanatic about him. However, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up something I don't know if you've heard before or not, but um. The difference between being fanatical and in, in my opinion at least between being fanatical and being a fan is that when you're fanatical you don't stop to think about how the artist is as a person or yeah. even as an artist you're just sort of you're enjoying it's all impulse you're enjoying it and you're blindly you're blindly protecting that person whenever you become a fan a true fan of someone you can separate who they are from how their art affects you yeah like I would say I'm no longer a fanatic of Manson's. Do I think the man's intelligent? Yes. I do think he's highly intelligent. Do I think there's a good person inside of him? Like, I'm not talking good or bad in, in uh, you know, broad terms. I'm just saying, like, on a very basic level, do I think that, that, that he has a good person inside of him, that there's a part of him that's a good person? Yes, I do. Do I also think that he came from a very fucked up situation um, in some ways? That, that affected him mentally and left him with some issues that ha may have caused him some of the problems that he has today. Yes. I yeah. also think that too. Um, however, it doesn't affect those things personally, even though I might disagree with them, they don't affect 
how I like his music and how his music's made me feel. And and I don't think I don't think they should also affect um, people's opinions of him in terms of like intelligence. You know, yes, he may swing more towards the darker side, but he's also done a multitude of different sort of emotional ranges and explored the human side of things um, outside of the even the macabre. So. Um, so yeah, like, like, you know, yeah, do I think, do I think that he's had some problems? Do I think he's problematic, especially with the whole Me Too moment, movement? Um, How much of that is true? I don't know. I don't want to discount any of the ladies, if indeed stuff has happened. You know, if if stuff has happened, I don't want to discount those people, because that's not fair to them. But, um, you know, outside of all the drama surrounding him, um, I think he's a highly intelligent guy, um, who has brought some some good you know exploration of things to the world you know yeah. it, 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 and, and he's changed over the years and he's hit his high and his low points um but yeah no I, I think he's highly emblematic of like um the very sort of young rebellious hey i've been in a crappy situation thing and part of what's been great about his career is that he's been able to sort of people that have been fans of him have got to grow up a little bit with him yeah, that's uh, what's kind of funny, too, is, uh, you know, when I was like 13, 14, I, 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 I like you said, I was fanatical, um, you know, where worshipped Manson. I was in like a, a metal band with my friends and my friends had to tell me, stop trying to be Manson, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, and it's funny just because the older I've gotten, you know, the more I can kind of, I'll poke fun at things that I like either way. Um, you know, and kind of the much older I've gotten, you know, the easier it is to kind of poke fun at Manson. And especially, you know, even before the allegations had come out about Evan Rachel Wood and the others, you know, I was already kind of jaded because like you said, he is, you know, he's shown that he's a smart guy. I was, the other day I was just watching the speech he gave at, um, the disinformation, uh, uh, conference. Um, okay. where he spoke about like Brian Dennehy and things like that. And it was, I was like, oh yeah, this guy really was, you know, a powerful speaker and a powerful thinker. Um, but all of that kind of got ruined for me when I saw Manson live. Um, but in terms of the reflecting God, <laughs> what this song always makes me think of was when I was in eighth grade, I was in eighth grade, I was in Catholic school. Um, and I just discovered Manson and I was a huge fan. You know, I had all the songs on CD. I was, you know, so obsessive about him. And mm-hmm. I remember we were given a book report assignment and, you know, my teacher said, okay, we're doing this book report assignment. And, you know, uh, she didn't really give us much guidance on it, but I remember at that point in time, I just bought a copy of, um, what was the book? Uh, no one here gets out alive about Jim Morrison from The Doors, who was another, you know, just kind of emblematic front man that I was like, oh, this guy is so cool. And yeah. I remember I said to my uh, teacher, I was like, I want to read this book for the book report. And she said no. While she told someone else who didn't read as much as I did that he could read a book about 50 Cent because she said, well, I figured you were going to read that anyway so I want you to read something that maybe you wouldn't have which the older I've gotten the more I appreciate (laughs) but when I was 13 14 I was not happy about it and I went home and I listened to this song over and over again because I was pissed 
Oh, wow. <laughs> well, no, and that's understandable. Yeah, and that, that's what kind of stuck with me on that. But yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm with you. Like at one point in time, I was just like fanatic. If I could have <laughs> went back, if 42-year-old me could have went back to like 16-year-old me, um, I wouldn't have beaten myself up, but I would have pulled myself into a closet and said, whoa, dude, okay, the guy's human. <laughs> You know, the guy's human. It's okay. Right. That's that's like the one thing I wish I could have, like you said, it's something I wish I could have told myself at, you know, 13, 14, where I was like, yeah, <laughs> I wish I could have told myself too. I'm like, uh, golden age of grotesque, not that good. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to face some years that aren't so great. The <laughs> the uh, Manson coked up can't go on stage years, not so great. Exactly. I'd be like, don't buy tickets in 2019 to go see him. <laughs> <laughs> Um, don't, worry, but anyway. don't worry don't worry you'll soon you'll soon approach things like the pale emperor and, and things will swing back around again but <laughs> you know there's gonna be some dark years yeah yeah but anyway let's roll on into my next pick uh okay. which was american idiot by green day I chose very simply because it was the album that kind of, you know, I feel stupid saying this, but it gave me political views. No, no, that, I mean, that, that makes sense. You know, and mm. I mean, I think there were a lot of people that were kind of like that. I think it's very funny now the way that that song has kind of transcended, um, you know, its original meaning where now it's kind of looked at, it's almost like, you know, going back to like those classic rock songs, like listening to a song like Rockin' in the Free World by Neil Young or, you know, Fortunate Son by Creedence Clearwater Revival, where it kind of gets um, misinterpreted a lot. Yeah. But, I mean, I remember being in like fifth, sixth grade and hearing the song and thinking like, oh, George Bush is an idiot. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no. Well, like I, like you said, with the misinterpreted thing, it's uh, that kind of puts me in the mind of how people... Uh, don't get the clue on born in the usa yeah that's an, that's another classic yeah. example yeah exactly like like born in the usa isn't a patriotic song no <laughs> not yes. by any means when you actually listen to the lyrics it's like he's not happy with the, in the land that he lives in <laughs> yeah yeah so, so yeah yeah and it's one of those things where like i i love green day so much green day has continually been one of my favorite bands you know, still a band I'll see when they come around, you know, I, I, their newer stuff I don't like as much, but, you know, I still will put on Dookie, I'll put on, you know, I'll put on Insomniac, but like, but like, it's just like the type of band that like, I I still put on this song, if like something shitty happens (laughs) in the country, and I want to feel pissed off, and I, I have like memories of being in like high school and wearing an American idiot t-shirt and having (laughs) some guy tell me like, you know, Hey, that's a cool band, but I think it's really shitty that they, you you know, say they try to tell people how to think. And I'm like, well, that uh, like, there's a part of me that wishes that at, you know, 15, 16, I could have been like, well, fuck you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and that's the thing. Like, I'm not trying to 
to tie your choice to the, the past choice, but that's the exact thing is that those bands were trying to get you to think. Yeah. Green Day wanted you to think like, are you an American idiot? Do you feel this way? Right. It doesn't mean that you are. That's the same thing. Like I'm, I'm just saying this in general. That's the same thing that like Manson has said in, in his past interviews and stuff was that like art should be a question mark. Yeah. You should be, it should make you think essentially. So yeah. That's like, the thing I've said to people too, that were, that are like very religious about Manson that were like, oh, how did you go see him live? I'm like, well, you know, he made me, question things he made me you know more skeptical as a person which i always yeah. thought was a good thing oh yeah yeah well that and and also uh to to, to match with what you're saying there too like same thing with green day yeah the, the problem the problem that i faced well first i, I want to give props to my younger brother real quick he was the one my brother josh um he's like a year younger than me he was the one like my brother my little brother was the one that introduced me to green day ah. for a while there <laughs> For a while there, they were off my radar. I hadn't really thought about them, you know? And then he introduced me, and he was a big fan of Green Day. And um, yeah, yeah, it's it, like, I, I get tired of hearing people say, oh, they sold out. They sold out. It's like, no, they didn't sell out. Did, 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 did they change their sound a little bit? Yes. Yeah. I, don't think, I don't think they sold out. They matured. Yeah. And I mean, and the other thing too, is just now, now no one thinks about selling out. Like I'm, I get upset if a band I like changes their sound entirely. Um, yeah. You know, seemingly if they're just trying to get a bigger audience, but if a band changes their sound, you know, and it seems like they're doing what makes them happy, I'm so much happier for them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, like, I think the difference between, I think people also kind of misunderstand the whole selling out feeling too, um, you know, maybe on the level that kind of, uh, maybe you, we have a different sort of understanding of it, or in general, we have a different understanding of it. Like one person that is a good prime example of me saying that like, okay, yeah, this person may be sold out, but it was their choice to do so. Um, in terms of like a huge change would have been someone like Jewel. Okay. Where you I haven't had, like, listened to a lot of Jewel, so. Okay, well, if you ever get a chance to, you know, you remember the whole Pieces of You song, um, right? Yeah, kind of. Okay, you know, folksy, very folksy, yeah, yeah. right? And then that song, Intuition of hers. Okay. Yeah, yeah, two very different beasts. What One's a very sort of, like, folksy song, and the other one is, like, well-produced pop, <laughs> right? Yeah. You know? She went a whole total 180, you know what I'm saying? Or yeah, I think 180, not a 360. Anyways, <laughs> she, she, uh, she, 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 you know, she like, you know, and then later on she admitted that she'd done it sort of tongue in cheek, um, but still, but yeah, no, no, like, like people don't understand, like you, you can't. It's great that if you want to be that band that waves the banner and never changes your sound, then great for you. But the opportunities are going to be less and less. Right. Not you know? everyone is ACDC. Yeah. Not, not everybody wants to be Metallica all their life. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> like, yeah. like I mean, it, it's, it's, it's not, it's nothing against those groups. Those groups are great on their own, but like, there's a little bit of like selling out to a point that, you know, I think everyone has to do. And I agree with you. As long as you can tell that they're happy and they're not just going through the motions, then I'm happy for the group. Um, but so let's roll on into your next pick, which was the end of everything by Noah Cyrus. Darling, so is everything, don't cry The stars will blink out one by one in time 
Okay, now this was uh, honestly just recently. Um, I'd say recently in terms of like maybe pre-pandemic. Okay. And uh, my wife, both of us, like, I don't dislike Miley Cyrus. I don't always like the, (laughs) I don't like the craziness around her, but I like some of the Miley Cyrus stuff, um, but this is Noah Cyrus though, right? This is her her sister. And I had heard of Noah Cyrus, but for me, for the longest time there, she was just Cyrus adjacent. You know what I'm saying? I was just sort of like, okay, another Cyrus. There's Billy Ray and there's Miley, great. Now there's Noah. Um, but then I heard the song and I, and I heard uh, some songs off of the album that I can't remember the, the name of the album that it comes off of, but... Um, I heard this song and I also saw the video. I don't know. Have you ever got to see the video? I have not seen the video. Um, The album it looks like is also called the end of everything. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. Um, Well, if you ever get a chance to her and the, I believe it's the people that do the whole like melody sheep thing online. Okay. Her, Her and some of those people put together like an honest to God timeline of like, from now until the universe ending. Oh, that'll give me a panic attack. <laughs> yeah. Well, I watch those all the time and they've ruined me for like 24 hours. <laughs> well, well, okay, see, see, like now, 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 James, it's kind of funny that you should say that because the cure, uh, I'd say mostly the cure for me, the cure for me having thanatophobia, which is like a fear of death, yeah, um, has been enjoying something like this. So my, my, my wife turned me on to this. Right. She was like, oh my God, this video is awesome. She, you know, she liked the music and she also liked the video too, but the music was what struck her. Um, the music and the video kind of struck me because like, yeah, there's an extreme amount of fear knowing that eventually like everything is going to be gone. Like, you know, that like nothing's truly infinitesimal, yeah. um, you know, being the son of a physicist, my dad's a physicist. Ah. Um, I've always had science. I'm not gonna say pushed at me, but but my dad gave me a healthy appreciation of science, and I love like theoretical physics and and um, you know all the stuff like uh, all the stuff involved with with like the universe and stars and and all that stuff, right? And this video was really awesome because it shows you just it sort of it sweetly it puts a sweet tone to eventuality you know i so i really did enjoy the song and i mean i i like kind of the tongue-in-cheekness of it too you know it is it is almost like a lullaby about death and you know the end of every the end of everything (laughs) um well yeah and and the thing i liked about it was that like you know i mean you can go to some dark places if you want to but like it it makes it it makes oh. something that's the super serious palatable yeah you know it, um it, it makes me it, it almost swings me in the opposite direction like i trust me i do know what you're saying in terms of like how that can sort of turn your stomach sometimes and everything because it still does it to me even though i can calm down about it it still does it to me because i mean yeah. i think we, we all just have an, an existential fear of yeah. the end right you know but I liked this song, um, you know, props to my wife for introducing me to it, but I like, I like the song because whenever I get really too far into my head, I can put it on and I can think to myself, 
it's not that serious. Yeah. It, 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 all this shit that's winding me up or frustrating me really doesn't matter. Not, not, not that, not that it doesn't matter in the moment. I'm sure that I'm feeling feelings in the moment, but that, that it, it, it ultimately, it's not world crushing. Yeah. You know, it's not end of the world, world, world crushing. So maybe I need to just dial it back a little and settle down and I get myself so worked up, you know, yeah. Yeah, and there's, there's a sort of beauty to it, you know? Yeah. There, there is a piece in knowing that none of this is permanent. Um, you yeah. know, and you know, I, I try to tell myself that whenever I have anything that like stresses me out at work or, you know, like oh, if yeah. I'm having an awful day at work, you know, and, uh, you know, I'm thinking like, oh God, what's going on? I just end up thinking, I'm like, none of this really matters. You know, I'm like, yeah. you know, calling random politicians and like trying to get people to send me dumb emails, but I'm just like, oh, <laughs> you know, this really doesn't matter. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, that and and like, like I mean, like I, I take anxiety. Like I've got general anxiety disorder, right? So I take yeah. medicine to help me calm down. And hopefully, I'm not sounding like a wacko or anything. But um, <laughs> I get, uh, I, but but I basically take that stuff to help me settle down because I already have anxiety as is. Um, you know, a, a result of all the craziness throughout my life. Um, but the thing is, is like. I told my doctor about that too. Just like we were, I went to a doctor uh, visit recently and um, he was asking me how things were going. And I told him about, you know, he'll tell me like what he listens to oddly enough. And I, and I have told him, you know, like what I've been listening to. And I told him about that, about the song we're talking about. And he was sort of like, you know, he was like, wouldn't you think that would be like the worst thing for you? And I was like, well, no, actually, actually it's kind of the opposite doc. And he was like, well, okay. He's like, <laughs> just keep taking the medicine and i'm like well yeah i mean don't get me wrong that helps you know yeah. but like uh, <laughs> but but but, it, but it, it, it's good to take inventory every, every once in a while and sort of like expose yourself to different viewpoints about it like you know a, a very nihilistic point would be like the whole um what we said earlier like the reflecting guide but then this is on kind of the opposite end of the spectrum where it goes you know what yeah yeah things are going to be sad and it's it's you know it's going to be kind of sad but you know, at the end of the day, you know, like what you said, you nothing, do. nothing's permanent. And, and also the fact that it's something that we're all going to experience, there's kind of a shared beauty to that. Yeah. You know, I mean, I know this is going to sound horrible and it's going to probably, some people are going to write to you and be like, this guy sounds like a fucking kook, but like, there's nothing, I'm sorry. Is cussing. Okay. Yeah. 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 Of course. Okay. Yeah. This guy, some, some people are going to, some people that listen to you are going to be like, this guy sounds like a cute a kook uh, but um there, there's something like the end of the world even though it's horrible on an existential level there's a kind of beauty to knowing that there's going to be people that'll get to to, to spend that moment there's going to get to be people you know that, that like you're truly not alone even though you know it's going to be the end of something you're truly not alone definitely yeah Hopefully that wasn't too. Hopefully that wasn't too deep. Or no, no, that that was perfect. Um, I don't have a good transition into saying next we're going to talk about a song that comes from an album called Drunk Enough to Dance. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, no, that's fine. But my next song is I Don't Want to Rock by Bowling for Soup. Best friend 
you know, okay. w- which I I've said this before on this podcast. Um, Bowling for Soup has always been kind of a guilty pleasure, and I really love this album for some reason. I don't want to call them a guilty pleasure because I I don't feel guilt in anything that I listen to. But you know, this this was kind of the band when I was in like my eighth grade years playing in a metal band you know hanging out with friends that only listen to like heavy metal you know it was like metallica megadeth you know manson you know random hardcore bands that were just like chugging you know the same four chords over and over again and screaming slayer yeah (laughs) yeah i at that point in my life lots of bands i love green day panic at the disco fallout boy you know i was like okay i can't listen to any of those they're not cool they're not metal but i would go into my room in secret and listen to bowling for soup um, <laughs> yeah yeah no and i mean really just because I, I, this kind of uh, i think plays into my whole life in a sense but bowling for soup always had a sense of humor about them Mm-hmm. And, you know, I kind of like when bands aren't afraid to be silly. Um, and there's there's a lot of dumb things in this song. There's a lot of things that don't age super well. You know, there's the bridge where he's just like, she makes me want to be a homosexual. Maybe I'll be oh. your best friend. Maybe I'll see you naked every once in a while. Like that line, you know, <laughs> at 26 makes me feel kind of gross. But yeah, I, you know, when you're 13 and you know, you're like, oh, you know, my eighth grade crush, you know, doesn't like me back. You know, it's kind of like, oh, hey, hey, that's a thing I could do maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I know exactly what you're saying. Um, so, you know, yeah. kind of the, the whole idea, it, all, it kind of ingrained in me, like, don't take things so seriously. You know, yeah. even when I was listening to metal and, you know, things that were only serious. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, that, and I noticed the same thing too, like you'd said, that like, one thing I've always appreciated about Bowling for Soup um, was also like what you had said is that they they never seem to take themselves too seriously yeah you know um the, the only downside to that that i would say like um not a bad group not a bad song the only downside the only downside i would say is just that like i sometimes wish they would have taken themselves more seriously yeah like, like they're one of those bands that like forever is going to end up on like a group of like you've got like these bands near the top and then like near the middle tier and 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 maybe even sort of unfairly when it comes to that 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 uh genre of music you know they're going to sort of be like floating around near the bottom like not forgotten but like near the bottom whenever maybe they deserve to be up towards the middle a little bit you know yeah because because like i i just always thought to myself like you know why am I not seeing, like, I like these guys, but, like, why am I not seeing them more? Oh, no, absolutely. And, I mean, that's almost, to in a sense, plagued them, you know, even worse recently. I definitely think that they're, in some ways, an underappreciated group. Yeah. You yeah. Know, most definitely. Because, like, they, you compare them to some of the other bands that were around the same time as them, and, uh, like... I don't know. I don't know if you would agree with this or not, but like some bands that were sort of, I guess what you'd say is sort of pop punk, right? Would, yeah. would, how you would describe that. Some bands seem to get that maybe aren't as talented seem to get more hype. Yeah. Um, 
I, yeah, I think that's kind of fair. And I think it is just because a lot of those bands were doing more serious songs that resonated with people, maybe on a more personal level where Bowling for Soup has serious songs, you know, every album has a ballad on it, but for the most part, you know, you'll have all the songs that, you know, might have a serious undertone, but then there's, you know, jokes about, you know, oh, I want to see the girl naked at the end of the day, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Most definitely. So, yeah. So, no, I totally, yeah, like, like they're basically contemporary contemporaries of Yellow Card, but, you know, Yellow, you know, Yellow Card has kind of gone on to be this sort of great legacy band where Bowling for Soup still gets respect for their hits, but not nearly as much, I feel. Yeah, exactly, exactly. The, the, yeah, no, you, you hit it right there. They end up like on a, on, uh, it's going to sound wrong, taken out of context. They end up on a hit list. You know, they, yeah. they end up, but like, you'll, like, you'll be like, hits of the 90s, you know, pop punk version. And you'll hear two or three of their songs up there. But yeah. like, but like, they won't quite get, as high up there but no i mean i still think they're enjoyable yeah i still think they're enjoyable like um but yeah no no that's that's an awesome pick on on uh bowling pursuit i like that um well let's roll on into your next pick which was um jump rope by blue october remember how you used to say we couldn't wait till tomorrow for a brand new day and no fuss when you had to ride the bus you just add a little blush to paralyze your school crush now you're older and the weight is on your shoulder make the world a little colder no more hiding in the old day be strong don't you give up hope it will get hard life's like a jump rope up down up Okay, um, Blue October, um, I got into liking them back whenever, um, oh, that song Hate Me came out. I don't know if I know that one. Admittedly, so I think this may have been my first time ever listening to Blue October. Okay, um, well, okay, Blue October has uh, Justin Furstenfeld. Um, he's the lead singer. Um, he had a lot of issues uh with drugs and with mental health and um a lot of it played into how he tended to to perform and and he also i believe he he had some issues mental health wise like um i believe being bipolar or something um so whenever whenever it came out um i was at a period in time where a lot of, uh, my mother had since passed um, back in 2006. Uh, when this came out, I can't remember the exact year, but it was a handful of years afterwards. And even if you've buried the hatchet with someone that you had loved but didn't get along with, yeah. um, even if you have and they pass away, after a handful of years, you start to go through different emotions and different feelings about them. And um, I was really starting to be able to humanize my mom a little more. Um, so that's kind of where I found Blue October was uh, during the whole Hate Me song. Um, now, Jump Rope is part of their catalog that, um, like, when they when they very first started, like, they have been around since, like, the early aughts or maybe even a little bit before then all the way till now so they've had a long career yeah like like in the houston area and then they got big 
during you know hate me and then also a few other songs of theirs um so they've been consistently good as a band and consistently putting out good music jump rope i believe he wrote for his daughter blue and and it's essentially a song that me and my wife both if we were to pick a song to play for uh we don't have kids of our own but if we were to pick a song to play for um our nieces or nephews um because we have two nieces uh uh, two twin nieces and then a nephew if i was to play a song uh as like being the uncle that gets to give advice um this song would be that song to them i love that (laughs) yeah it's it's because like if you like when you when you hear the lyrics in the song which i'm like you said you listen to it um it's essentially just being like you know yeah life's gonna be crazy life's gonna be fucked up there's gonna be craziness you know but um don't be scared you know just go ahead uh life's like a jump rope you know up down up down up down that's and i you know it yeah it has a playful tone to it the song does and sort of a sweeping sort of feeling but um it i think it really encapsulates sort of you know maybe that older relative or friend of yours that has been through some shit but wants to look at you lovingly and go, hey, no, I get it, man. I, I get it. But, you know, life's like a jump rope. It goes up, it goes down. You know, you're going to have those really high moments in your life. And then you're going to have some really dark, uncomfortable moments. But the important thing is to, like, live. Just go do it. You know, you can't run away from those moments. You know, that's going to where the beauty is going to be is, is going through it. Absolutely. It's, yeah. And uh, I, I love kind of the analogy of kind of being the uncle to go to for guidance, you know, where, you know, cause I've had that in my life, you know, where it's one of those things where you end up just kind of, you know, it's easier to get that information from someone who maybe isn't a parent, you know, just because, you know, the people are, I think naturally skeptical of advice their parents give them. Um, well, yeah. And, yeah. and like you said, it's just a positive message to kind of be like, yeah, things are going to come and go and you know but you're gonna get through it well yeah yeah and and um one of the things uh to add what you'd said there about you know being skeptical is that a a lesson that i've learned you can be told this all your life but you'll never understand it until until you like lose uh, a parent or something um is that like we grow up seeing our parents as figures but we don't see them as people until we get older yeah you know, which, which is really kind of sad, but, you know, I'm not trying to be all mopey or anything, but it is kind of sad, but there's a bit of beauty to it too, because I think that's also kind of a bit of maturity too, is that that when you get older, you start to go through shit and then you think, oh fuck, at one point in time, my mom, my dad, whoever, they were someone going through the same thing. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not the same exact thing because, you know, life's different and circumstances are different, but you know, they, they were standing at the same moment, having to deal with uncertainty, having to deal with really high moments, really low moments, you know, definitely 100%, you know, yeah. I, I I always think of, um, there's a wonder years lyric, um, where he says, um, growing up means watching my heroes turn human in front of me. Um, you know, which I think is, you know, for yeah. me, it ends up being a lot about, you know, comedians and musicians and stuff that I've looked up to just because I've kind of ended up in a position where I get to interview a lot of people and work with people that I've looked up to their work. But I think that that can also apply to parents and things. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, well, that like, um, oh, another thing I was going to say um, in terms of Blue October, and which really is actually Blue October j- adjacent, is that uh, recently, this actually, this last week or so, maybe a few weeks ago, um, well, this last week we released it. We had an episode where we interviewed uh, um, Icarus Bell, and those are... Uh, I, it was a drummer, I believe, and a producer from Blue October. Oh, nice. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, and those two guys were really awesome. Um, pre-interview, like, we didn't want to make it all about Blue October because right. they have their own project. But pre-interview, they were very cool with talking about that experience just as a fan. Me saying, like, hey, how was it? You know, you know, how was it to be in that band and stuff and everything? Um but yeah, no, those guys are, are very, are very good too. Like if, uh, if, if you ever want to check it out, you should go ahead and listen to some of their music. Uh, Icarus Bell is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, no, no, like, um, yeah, it, that, that, but so that's the reason why I chose that song was, was just, uh, um, it's one of the few songs, like you, like you said that like, I, you know, you can get to be able to, like lend your experience to someone without i think you're right like when it comes from someone like a friend or an aunt or an uncle it's less preachy i don't know why it seems less preachy but maybe it's just because those are the people that we automatically look at as more human definitely yeah i think i think so just because 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 like growing up i always saw my mom and dad as my mom and dad and don't get me wrong but like i always viewed my aunt or uncle i was always like oh that's their brother their sister And for whatever reason, you know, you still love them as your aunt and uncle. You get the semantics there. But, like, for some reason, there's always a part of your brain that's quicker to go, holy shit, this is the real person. Well, there's there's a part where your aunt or uncle could kind of go, well, remember when you were, you know, 22 and this happened? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or, or, Or they can, or they're the one person in your life that can call out your parents. You can't, but they can. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. So, so, so what, what was your next choice? So, so my next pick was um, Negative Creep by Nirvana. And I chose the live at Reading, I believe, version. It could be live at Leeds. Not totally positive, but uh, Negative Creep by Nirvana. Live version. Doesn't totally matter which one. (laughs) Um, But um, so I chose this because it's tied to a very specific memory, um, you know, which, you know, I guess this is, so I chose this pick to represent sex (laughs) in my Uh, playlist and just kind of like being a teenager you know snooping around having sex you know with my high school girlfriend you know and my high school girlfriend I just talked I did a very long podcast about how it was a horrible relationship (laughs) Um, but you know we dated for three and a half years you know it was bad through and through but one of the things I 
have this song and this very specific version tied to it because you know when you're in high school and you're having sex you know in like your parents house excuse me or your girlfriend's parents house you can't like you know you have to be slick and like you yeah relish in the times that you can get the house to yourself you know where you kind of know you can get away with it and like actually like (laughs) a moment and I remember there was a time when it was like a crappy rainy day and my high school girlfriend was like I hate saying this because it sounds so dumb but like a normie through and through yeah like you know was into like show tunes you know pop music (laughs) was very much like the don't know why she was dating me who still at that point kind of wanted to be Marilyn Manson (laughs) Um, would she she what you would describe I'm sorry would she be like what you describe like maybe sort of vanilla yeah you know more or less yeah you know and you know if we we dated for three and a half years there was some connection but like yeah yeah yeah, you know, yeah but like was someone that like she hated most of the music i liked um <laughs> you know which i this that's the whole concept of my playlist my podcast music's a big deal for me um and not that i think that you need to like all the same things as your partner but you know where me and my girlfriend would get into like fight fights about it um yeah and but so this song, I have a very particular memory because I remember we were like going to do it. And I remember she let me put my iPod in the uh, like iHome in her room. So like we had music playing and uh, I made the mistake of just putting it on shuffle. <laughs> and so like there was like something romantic, but then eventually this song came on and this version and, uh, <laughs> you know, it's not like it's Nirvana has some soft songs. This isn't one of them. No, no. Kurt screaming negative creep. I'm a negative creep. I'm a negative creep over and over again. Um, but I remember my girlfriend at the time got really into it. And <laughs> I think it was just kind of like a primal, like I'm into the music. I'm into the feel. I'm into the fast paced of it and just kind of like leaned into it. And I remember afterwards her being like, I got really into it when that really loud song was playing. And I was like, cool. And I mean, that's just part of the healing power of music. You know, you could listen oh, yeah, to crazy yeah. stuff when you're having sex. Well, well <laughs> for, for me, the same type of song, uh, yours would have been Negative Creep. In that situation, mine would have been... Um, uh, downward spiral oh yeah so you know nirvana had a lot of good sex songs yeah yeah like well i mean i'm, I'm, I'm thinking i think i think i was that's the right one i'm thinking of the right no sorry closer i think is what it closer, is yes closer yeah closer from the, the downward spiral but still yeah you know both of them are very sort of can be very sort of sexually charged songs here hey right? you know <laughs> well negative creep not so much like closer at least closer I believe, unless I'm mixing it up with another one, has the I'm gonna fuck you like an animal line. Well, yeah, yeah, that does. But what I'm saying is like, it's, it's like, for whatever reason, it, it brought out a primal response. Yeah. yeah, like both of them, I think for, for certain people can kind of have that response. Yeah, no, that's, that's pretty awesome, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's one of those things where, like, you know, me and that ex, we don't talk 
anymore. And like, you know, just because time has gone on, I've kind of, you know, let go of a lot of the memories, but like little things will bring it back. But for some reason, that one moment of like afterwards or being like, yeah, when that one song came on has stuck with me for so long. And it's kind of, oh, wow. <laughs> wow. It's yeah, like, no, no. I, I mean, that's, that's, so that's just stuck with you for the longest time? Kinda, yeah. That's, I mean, that's like a, a positive from the relationship that stuck with me. Negative <laughs> ones have also stuck, but it. Well, fair enough. I, I mean, I mean, the first serious girlfriend I had in, in high school uh, ended up cheating on me. So, yeah, yeah. I don't, I, I don't, I don't think really that region of of a uh, dating or sex or anything is ever really great right yeah, it's, it's definitely not and it's one of those things you know the older I get the more disconnected I get from it the more I'm like oh yeah I don't care but which I'm sure even the older I get the more I'll be like why did why did I care so much about this memory from this <laughs> <laughs> no no it's it's reasonable I mean if it's floating around up there then it's there for a reason yeah I and mean, you might as well enjoy it while you can right you know <laughs> exactly um, but let's keep on rolling along into your next pick, which was Hemorrhage in My Hands by Fuel. Drag the waters to the depths of the dead. What did you expect to find? Was it something you left behind? Don't you remember anything I said when I said, Divine? okay um first let me go ahead and 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 tell you um i'm not just saying this but like um i'm really thankful that uh you allowed me to go ahead and come on this podcast because i'm honestly really enjoying it i i'm having a great time too um so having said that uh genuinely meaning it um this is another i hate to say this but this is another sort of dark uh period another sort of dark experience but but it's um it's just one of those necessary ones so so please don't think i'm unloading all all my darkest moments you know yeah um this song was the first song that came on the radio um like literally the day after me and my wife um had our it was our first miscarriage and it was late term Wow. It would have been my it, it, you're fine, man. It it would have been my daughter. Um, so there's a lot of visceral sort of feelings that come whenever I hear this song, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like just uh if you ever if you ever get a chance to 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 read up on it, it was about I believe a friend or a family member of the lead singers uh that ended up having like that's why the song's named hemorrhage uh, they ended up uh basically having a hemorrhage and bleeding out and died before they could do anything yeah. and him him writing uh how helpless it made him feel and you know how sort of well i mean like if you hear the song you can sort of tell brett scallions is putting his heart into it you know yeah um and so so while it comes from a dark place i will say on the on the happier side of things <laughs> Um, sometimes the songs that come from the darkest place or that represent the really lowest moments also kind of give you perspective. Yeah. 
you know um i'm never gonna not think about it whenever i hear the song and it comes on every once in a while and 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 i still do think about it yeah i i don't hang on to the whole um miscarriage thing it it hits me differently than it hits my wife she she, she's moved on from it a, a, a lot um and since i believe that like women feel it much stronger because that it's actually a part of their body I mean, th- th- like when you're a guy, the feeling that you, that you get that's hurt, and I'm not trying to speak for every guy, but most guys can relate whenever I say that, like, it's the broken expectation that hurts when you're a guy. Yeah. You know, it's the whole, you know, hey, the, this is something that I could have held in my hands. This is something that I could have had that was mine. This is something that I could have brought into the world. And it's the loss of that that stings when you're a guy. It's the loss of, it's the, it's the what if, the loss, I mean, well, how, how apropos, right? Um, <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's the sort of loss of what could have been. Um, so whenever, whenever I hear that, yeah, I still, I still have feelings attached to it, but it's not all negative. Um, one good thing from this was that uh, I had a handful of years, got to go back to maybe about eight or so years ago, got to go finally be able to afford to go to therapy for uh, some of the issues that I'd had and I discussed it with my therapist and uh, he had said that like, that's, um, you know, listening to stuff like this, you know, not obsessively, but here and there and, and getting those emotions out is uh, that's kind of where music, like you had said earlier, is a, a bit like therapy, you know, yeah. that, that it's a form of therapy. If you can't go to therapy, it allows you to get those feelings out safely and allows you to have a good cry and to go, you know, go through those things. And uh, he brought up a good perspective uh, for me too, which was, um, yes, it hurts, you know, when you lose anybody, when you lose anything, but in our specific situation, um, maybe just a different, different perspective would help. And what he meant by that um, was that imagine you're, imagine that you're like a worker on the Titanic, right? Okay, I know this is gonna sound weird to say, but it'll actually make sense. Uh, imagine you're a worker on the Titanic and you're um, going to, you know, you've got your family and you're sending them off to, to go on their voyage. And then you hear that the Titanic sinks and almost everybody's drowned and your family's drowned. Uh, if you don't have a family, yeah, you're going to be sad, but you'll be able to move on and get over it. If you actually had, if so, that you actually had something palpable that came into the world that was yours to hold and you lost it, that's something you never get over. Yeah. So time and music for me will help me to sort of heal from that loss. And, and I get it. It's been like probably, uh, if I can think back to whenever we were having it, I, I think it's been about 18 years you know the the the, the sadness is still there I, I still remember the anniversary of, of when the date was expected for her birthday um and, and and I still remember what we were going to name her but even though I'm still sad it stings a little less knowing that I have sort of like earmarks to remind me of where I was and where I am now does that make sense no, absolutely. Um, yeah. And I mean, like, like you said, listening to music is, it's incredibly cathartic. You yeah. Know, 
where you know my my girlfriend makes fun of me because she's like you know oh yeah you're gonna go to the show and you're gonna cry (laughs) Um, (laughs) because that's what I do all the time and you know yeah and anytime I have anything difficult I usually have a song you know and I'm grateful that I have stand-up comedy too because I can go and you know try to you know process pain through humor you know yeah yeah assuming yeah. i can find a way to make it funny <laughs> um exactly or, or or you can even you know that you know like in your situation comedy wise that you know maybe you can uh shield it with a little bit of sarcasm you know <laughs> exactly. well that's like one of the we'll we'll get there a little bit down the line with how i've used comedy to cope with things This has been a Lughole Podcast.